Welcome to a brand new edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. And Bubba, it is going to be one of our favorite topics, and that is deer hunting. Uh, now, before some of you panic, if this is not your thing, we're going to get uniquely into a, a, an aspect of this uh, that, that I think may be fascinating because I, I know you and I, we've talked about this. We both, you know, have had, um, you know, pets and we've had dogs and, and you and I, we, we grew up in a different era. Uh, now, you know, we've become people who actually have dogs that really don't bring anything to the table other than a snuggle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have designer dogs right, now. But, that but when you and uses I, uses a pillow, when you and I were growing <laughs> up, we were raised around working dogs. Oh, yeah. These are dogs that brought something to the table. Good old beagles. Uh, they could hunt. Uh, they could, and if, if they couldn't hunt, you, <laughs> You're, you would, you might go back to the pen and finally realize they're not there anymore uh, <laughs> as dad had moved them on to somebody else or Paul or somebody. Yep. But the dogs needed to bring something to the table. And and really what dogs can do can be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, they, they're extremely intelligent and um, and they're, they're special. And, and, and if you've ever been around people who have a really good hunting dog or a working dog, I mean, that dog is treated like royalty. And uh, I've got friends that, you know, have great bird dogs and uh, retrievers and, and, like you said, beagles and hounds and everything you can think of. But today we're going to be talking to, um, you know, uh, some people about a very special dog called Gator. Gator. Well, and, and you know. The, what about it, when you're a famous dog? Yeah, the, a famous <laughs> dog named Gator. Uh, so uh, with us today is, is Brian Morris and his son, Briar, who's with him as well. Uh, they they come to us via South Alabama, uh, and Brian. First of all, let me just give you a big warm welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, we we heard about your story because we we have all. It just happened to me. I wish I had known you. Uh, it just happened to me not not too long ago. This past deer hunting season, uh, one of the things that we all enjoy, not just trophies, but we all enjoy when you see a young man or woman. Uh, a, a child or a young person or just anybody who's never done it before, when they harvest their first deer, there's nothing that takes the air out of that experience for you to walk to where they are, tell me where the deer went. Maybe they didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't die on the spot and they have, they have a resilience to live. And you say, where did the deer go? And, and it just happened to me a few weeks ago and they're like, I, I have no idea. I was so excited. I was jumping up and down. I was high-fiving my dad, and we looked up, and the deer is gone. Uh, well, where, did, where where did it go? And, and, and uh, well, we don't really know. It could go in one of four different directions. And then after that, where, who knows what it did? And we were not able to find the deer, and it was the first deer that a, a boy had ever, had ever harvested. But what you do with this world-famous dog named Gator, you try to keep that from happening. We try, yeah. Yeah, you try. And, <laughs> and uh, tell me, when did you discover that Gator had a knack for this? Well, we started doing this before we got Gator. Okay. So he's really our third dog that we've done this with. Okay. We had some older stuff that we were doing it. We were chasing them with and getting them with. But he, um, Gator would bay really good. Mm-hmm. So we run dogs is how we hunt. And um he got to where he was baying deer at hunting club, so I started taking him to recover deer also with us because we run into live stuff all the time that needs to be bayed. And um, whenever he we discovered he could do that, it just... So what do you on. mean? Somebody who's watching this or listening to this, when you say the dog can bay, what do you mean by that? Stand back and bark at it when he locates it. And right, hold, it yeah. in, hold it in one spot and distract it until yeah. we can get in there and get it 
yeah. killed. You know, so is down. is he strictly deer, or does he? Oh do, yeah, do, yeah, do, straight deer. Yeah, so he doesn't do coons no. or anything like and that. And strictly now, he's strictly injured deer, so he won't run an uninjured deer. Okay. So he's trained, or well, I say he's trained. Gator picked up on something that they call interdigital sinning. So when a deer is injured, he changes his his scent out of a gland that is between his toes. Okay. So what it does is parts per million of that gland skyrocket and makes that deer unique to all the other deer. Okay. So we can we can really track beside a live deer that is not injured mm-hmm. and never affect that deer, never really move it. We've seen deer on trails that we were trailing a deer, following blood, and there'd be a deer standing over there at 20 yards, and go, gator go right by it, and us walk right by it, and never bother it. Well, what is the cause for that deer and that it's a, that scent to be given off? It's a hormone in the brain, as far as I understand it, that goes to this gland and it's it's physically a wax so mm-hmm. there's a wax coming out of this gland at all times but whenever he is injured it's it multiplies by millions and starts really we call it an injury scent and the easiest mm-hmm. way for us to explain it is tell you that the deer changes sense mm-hmm. when he's injured so and he kind of does but he it just gets really really strong i just wonder why i mean why physiologic I can't say that word now. Why physically the deer does that? What what purpose does it serve? <laughs> do, do, I can't you, answer that one for do you. Do you think it is to alert other deer of danger? It could be. And do you think it could be, you know, because you have, you know, let's face it, the Lord God made a cleanup crew. Yeah, uh, that's right. And they're really good at it. It could be signal to the cleanup crew. It's time for y'all to get on the move, yeah, maybe because I suppose this deer is suffering and dying. It'll provide food for the predators and the scavengers, and it's maybe a signal yeah, to them. It's a good idea, that, maybe. That, yeah, that dinner's about yeah. to be served, and our job is to starve the coyotes. So, <laughs> right, yeah. 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 Well, and and because you know when someone it's it, you know there's no doubt that the scenario I just presented is is an emotional one. It's the first time anybody's ever you know tried to harvest a deer, and maybe they didn't make a clean shot, or they or sometimes deer get hit pretty good, but they're still incredibly resilient. Yes. And the things that they do, uh, you know, they hide real well, and they're hard to find. Yeah. Deer in the rut, whenever he's got testosterone running through him, oh yeah, a five-year-old buck deer is, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got a will to live like nothing else in the world. Oh, yeah. And when you shoot him, you know, double lung shot, he still go 200 yards. Yeah, and, and even if he's down, you got to be able to find him. Oh, yeah. And with the guns, we pick on everybody with a six five Creedmoor, but everybody with six five Creedmoor is shooting a little bitty round and putting a pin prick through his heart. You know? Right, yeah, right. He don't bleed. Right. So we find deer at seventy five yards at times, but that's not very often. But with those smaller rounds of two twenty three, six five Creedmoor, seven millimeter oh eight, yeah, he just don't bleed. Right. So they can't find him. They spend an hour in the woods and then give up and call you. You know, you're most most everybody's last resort is calling us. So is that what you do commercially? If somebody can't find a deer, they call you, and you're like Ghostbusters. You come out, yeah, and, pretty much. And you put Gator. Gator out, and I mean, because you, you're 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 working against the clock too, well, and usually darkness. Well, a lot we, of cases we work. I would prefer to work solely in the dark because mm-hmm. the safety of the dog. Right. There's no hunters in the woods in the dark. That's true. Right. Um. We have tracked, I put him this year on a 44-hour-old track with two one-inch rain showers in between. 
and we jumped the deer and were able to determine it was still alive. And a week later, we got him back on camera. The hunter got him back on camera to prove that he was still alive. Wow. So, so 44 hours and two rain showers? Two one-inch storms. And he could still find it? And he could still find it. That's, uh, that, that's an amazing animal. I know you've got all kinds of, of stories, but I gave you the one of the first deer, but, but really maybe even more intense, and I've talked to some friends about this, is this is the biggest deer I've ever seen in my whole life, mm-hmm. and 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 I hit him, and we can't find him. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would think in that case, because even if it's, if it's the first one, somebody said we'll give you another opportunity. Yeah, you'll get more. But when you see one that you're like, this is all time big hit. This yeah. is the deer of my lifetime. Uh, I bet I bet you've arrived with some pretty intense hunters. Oh yeah, you see the highest of highs and the lowest of lows doing this. Yeah. And so is he is he the best tracking dog you've ever had? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? And you said this is the third one you've had? Well, tracking dog. Tracking dog. And I've owned hundreds of. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, walker dogs. Is he tied to the other dogs that did this before? Or a whole other genetic? He was, he was bred. His mama was a coon dog. His daddy was a hog dog. And he was bred to be a hog dog. And we (laughs) ended up with him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what type of dog is he exactly? He's a cross between a running walker, fox dog, and a treeing walker, coon hound. So, right. so is that is that? But that is the top. Is a is that a beagle? Is that what it's Walker Walker dog? Walker. Tree and Walker dog. Yeah, because the coloring of him, he does look like a large beagle. To he's some a little degree. longer legged. Yeah, yeah right. he's a little yeah. over knee high. Yeah, is to he, me, he's pretty dog. Yeah, yeah. And how old is he now? He'll be three in March. Three. So, so what? What about when you when you're going out? I was going to say, are there certain things that you think I don't? I, I just don't think we can do it. But if if you can go forty four hours in two one inch rainstorms and find one, is there anything that you'd say I just don't think Gator can do this? I my deal the whole time I've been doing this is I don't screen phone calls. Right. I put Gator on everything that we can get to physically you, you get try, to in you, a day's time. You try it. I try everything. Uh, right. We'll. Uh, we joke about backwhacks all the time. A backwhack is when you hit a deer in what we call no man's land, mm. above the shoulder, you know, in the back straps, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. No vitals. Right. It nothing happens. And you off. knock him down, he falls down, he lays there dead, plays possum. Two minutes later, he's up and gone. No blood, no sign, nothing but the kick marks in the ground. He's gone. You know, never seen again. We can't track that deer. Now, I get that phone call. That's one of the most common things I get a call on is one of those. And I don't refuse them because every once in a while you'll catch one of them. But so it does happen sometimes. It does. Well, what are we, three? We've been doing this with Gator for three years, and I think we found two or three of those. Yeah. But I put on a hundred. Yeah. that I think that's what happened in the one I had a couple of weeks ago because the deer got knocked down. Mm-hmm. And the deer was down, so daddy and son start high-fiving. And they look up, and the deer's gone. Yep. And we and we found yeah. maybe the meat. end of my finger. Uh, yeah, a you know, prick of blood. Yeah, and, and that was it. Just a little meat, maybe mm-hmm. some yeah. hair, some brown yeah. hair. It's about all you ever see. Yeah. yeah. And, and that unfortunately, that means he or she can still. Yep. Yep. Can be back on camera. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be, be very healthy for too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, they, <laughs> so they can fight through that. Oh, absolutely. That, that's, not a, that's not a death shot. Not I enough blood know. to bleed them out. No. And, and the meat and everything. Just it takes every, and, and one of the most common things you hear is this thing's got to bleed out eventually. No, he, that, you know, it's going to take a gallon of blood for a deer to bleed out. Mm-hmm. And blood's like oil. Once you spill a little oil up under a truck, then it looks like you've poured the whole 
gallon out, but no, it's what we see. Everybody says good blood trail. No, there's not really a great blood trail. That's a hundred yards worth of drips there. Yeah, there, oh, I, I see. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're, all right, we'll come back. I want to continue more and, and hear some of the stories and some of the deer y'all been able to find. And and even t- right today, you said you you're, you're feeling a little under the weather because you just had a, a big time adventure <laughs> that included a lot of water, right? It did. Yes. All right, we'll come back uh, more when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. All right, so Bubba, we, we, we've been talking about this, and I think people chuckle just a little bit when you and I start talking about Tommy John underwear. Well, I got I mean, mine on today. Well, Love them. Yeah, me too. And if you're thinking about you know, uh, Rick and Bubba, you don't want to think about our underwear. I got that. But but I will tell you this. It, if, you do, if you ever wear a pair of underwear that's not Tommy John, then you put on Tommy John underwear, you're going to figure out pretty quick uh, that it actually does matter uh, what brand of underwear that you're wearing because Tommy John, they have designed underwear. Now, they have stuff for women, too. There, there's stuff for you all there. But we're really landing uh, on, the, on, on the men because a lot of underwear for men is not really designed uh, for comfort. And, and Tommy John says, you know, we're, we're going to take uh, you know, with, with the way we do our, our fabrics, you're going to stay cool. Uh, you're going to have moisture wicking, meaning you, you know you're not going. If, if you do start sweating a little bit, it's not you're not going to get raw, as Greg would say, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to ride up on your legs if you're wearing the boxer briefs. They're going to stay where they're supposed to stay. Uh, the bands around the waist, they're not going to double up on you either. Uh, so if you'd like to find out more, and we're going to save you twenty percent right now. Uh, if you go to TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba, put our name together. Don't put an and in there. 20% off right now at TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. And, and here's what we say about the, 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 the reviews that we get. Tommy John says, if you try our underwear and it's not the best pair that you've ever worn, uh, then they'll refund your money. So there you go. So make the move right now. Uh, go Tommy John's new spring designs. Now, just in time for spring coming up, you're going to be going off on spring break or taking trips when it gets there. See the new line right now. You're going to love them. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba for 20% off. That's TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Brian Morris is here with us today. His son, Briar, as well. Uh, they're part of South Alabama's Deer Tracking Service. And we're talking about the, the 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 track dog Gator, which I mean, I guess we could have had him on the show today, but I, I don't know how well he does indoors. No. Well, so tell us about this this tracking adventure you just went on that uh, that you, you had to deal with a lot of water. So Friday we got a call from a fellow tracker, and um, he had a deer that we thought was going to be alive from the get go, and he was going to go check it out. So he went and checked it out, and. When we got through what we were doing on another track down the road, we went and going to give him some, give him a hand. And yeah. When we got there, we put Gator on it, got it started, worked it out, and finally got the deer jumped and alive. And what did he go through? Three ponds. We bait him in the first pond. He swam it. We bait him in the second pond. He crossed State Route 94 <laughs> onto some other property. And all amongst all this, we were... What three different property owners? I think we were having to run back and forth to the house and oh, get permission to make get, phone calls. I was going to ask you: Do you have move, to do that? Oh yeah, 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 you, yeah no, yeah, 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 it's fines. We you, can't. <laughs> you don't go run off on no, somebody's land. No, no. When you get to a fence or a property line, we stop the dog. But, okay, and get permission to move to the next one. But uh, the 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 hunter's friend was actually running back and forth and getting permission to pursue, and finally got in him 
on the on the last property we ended up on, there was like a twenty five acre lake on it. Oh no! And Gator ran in there and bait him. And me and Briar get down there. This is a video that he showed earlier. He we got down there and he turned the phone on and went to videoing and I kind of slipped around to him and he went back to swimming across the other side of the pond and I got him shot and down. But when I shot him, he nosed over him. No. When it like tail up in the water. No. And Gator goes over there and puts paws on him and just. He disappeared. No. It's 10 foot deep. I found that out about five minutes later whenever I jumped in to get him out. Oh, <laughs> no. But, and I, 40 that's, degree weather. That's so. about 40 degree weather and <laughs> you're in cold. 10 foot of water with a, with a buck? Uh, yeah, with a dead one, yeah. <laughs> it, which which <laughs> probably weighs what? Uh, 200 pounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, probably 180. That deer is pretty big. Yeah. How in the world? I mean, I, I get you. I never did get my hands on him. Really? So the next day, we go back with treble hooks. And get in a boat out there, and we've got a treble hook that's like six inches. Oh, made. so you were fishing for a dead deer on the <laughs> bottom much, of the lake. Yeah, it looked like wow. alligator. Looked like alligator fishing. Yeah, you know those hooks yeah. that you see on oh, yeah, on yeah. the alligator show. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, yeah. We, we we got some hooks like that. And me and a friend of mine spent about twenty minutes throwing that hook, and finally I got him hooked and pulled him up by his horns. It was wow. it was an adventure. Everything everything with us is an adventure. So you <laughs> put the dog Man. out; it's going to get interesting. Yeah. So when you when you've already mentioned this, so you're you're saying that when when somebody because you know you're trying, you always want to make a good shot, and sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, and and if it's a big enough deer. Look, I know I've, I've been around. Some people say, "Look, it's the only shot I had, and I took it." Buck yeah. fever, yeah, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> and, and and all that, and you know, sometimes you can, they can be running or whatever. So you've already said if you shoot through uh, the, the 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 meat on the top, the back strap, right, then the odds of us finding that deer are pretty low. You're right, right, very low. Yeah, and and then the other one, I would say that that uh, can be difficult, even though you may find some sign for a while, is if you shoot low. I would prefer well. So, in a back to the scent, right? So, the interdigital scent. I I try to break it break it down in thirds of a body. So, the lower third of the deer's body is where he's scenting the most. Mm-hmm. Middle third, he's average scent, and mm-hmm. the upper third of his body, not to include his hips and his neck, would be the least scent. So, he's going to scent for a hundred yards if you shoot him in the back strap, but if you shoot him in the leg. He's going to scent forever for, well, I'll say forever, for three or four hours for, as far as he walks, but he's not going to go that far shot in the leg. Right. He's going to lay down. But, I mean, it it all depends on where you hit him at to what you what scent you get out of him. How about that? we're not actually trailing blood. I don't need blood. I prefer that you don't not when have Ga- blood. Not when Gator arrives. Uh, I, now, I, why I, do you <laughs> prefer you don't have blood? Because it confuses? But, no, because the hunter's going to keep tracking him. Oh, I see. And he's going to walk in there and walk circles when he finds the blood or push him. Yeah. And whenever he finds the blood, he's got all that scent on his feet. Mm-hmm. So when he loses the last blood, what's he going to start doing? Grid searching. Yeah. Walking circles. He's yeah. going to spread the scent out. So it's it, all it, over the it, place, it, and then yeah. it messes my dog. So you're saying, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, you're saying the blood trail keeps the hunter involved yeah. too much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, yes. and that messes Gator up. Yeah. That's funny. Everybody says, you got to be right around this next tree, or right yeah. over this next hill, and they keep going. No, I've been on those tracking things where you think this right over here. Yep. This is where it's yep. going to be. It can't be far. Yeah, it would be easier if uh, if some of the hunters used a, a more appropriate brown for deer hunting <laughs> as opposed to something that they got at the shooting range. Don't you think? Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed with 300 mag, you don't have to track a lot. Uh, not, not a lot. I've tracked six with a 300 <laughs> mag right. this year and didn't find one. Really? <laughs> really? Well, it's just a bad shot. Uh, yeah. If it's that bad that you need me with a 300 magnum, we're probably not going to find your deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you've squeezed that one yeah. and he didn't go down yeah. or she didn't go down, Colin yeah. Yater may be a waste of time. <laughs> you know, because that's back to that shot you don't want, right? right. That's, that's right. the one you don't oh, yeah. want. Yeah. The um, also just talk about this a little bit because you know how how deer behave and, we're, and look what we want is for people to have success and have a good experience yeah and have a good experience we've talked about this uh, you know our whoever you hunted with for me it was my dad and and uh, he taught me you know if if you get one down sit just yeah. just hold what you got don't push it do not get just up let it die and, you know, if, yep. if it goes out of the field or it goes around if you can't see it anymore, but you think you hit it, just sit. Don't don't get up and go pursuing this deer because if if it has been hit, you mean it, Greg's favorite thing today? Yeah, if it, if it has been hit and it's in the process of expiring, we call it beating the bullet to the okay, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. talk about that a minute. So why, why that's it, important? You, he's got to have time. It's, I mean. A double long shot, as we were saying a minute ago, goes 125 yards, and if you push him again with a smaller round, he gets up and out of the end of his blood trail, out of his bed, and he moves another 200 because you scared him within the first five minutes. You beat the bullet to him. Right. Then, I mean, we can find him, but a lot. Okay, so if you jump a deer, your chances of recovery go down by 50%. Oh, wow. In my opinion. Okay. And well, with your you, experience, you would know. And you jump him twice, it's gone down by 50% again. Mm-hmm. So every time you bump him or get him up, you're making it harder on yourself and me and everybody else to get him up. It's, and if you push him on the neighbor's lands that don't like you, mm. you'll never get Yeah, him. that's tough. It's best just to let him go. He's probably going to lay down. Let him. He won't get any more dead. Let that's him expire. People. And if you've got other people hunting with you, you can wait and get all of them on the site. And I prefer as we you don't do, do that. <laughs> we, we, well, for for most of us, we would do, that's what we would do, right. and uh, and kind of come at it from different directions. Right. And you, I mean, we usually don't have any problem with it. But you know, in some cases, you have to call. Have I tell to call people, you and Gator. I tell people to go a hundred, but don't go two if you're not liking what you see. You know. The the less traffic I can get in on a track, mm, oh yeah. the less I've got to work through. Yeah. So I, I, we ask a lot of questions well, before we get there. We we got a series of, uh, and some of them are just for our entertainment. You know, what'd you shoot him with? That's <laughs> one of our big things, and some so we can have some fun with it. But, <laughs> right. And but I mean that does matter too. If you shot him and you don't see blood, and you shot him with a two forty three, then we understand what's going on. Right. But um, you know what? Do you I, have? I would think that's really important yeah, for what you're okay. about to do. Yeah. Do you have Do you have bone? Is there white hair? Because all those are telltale signs of what we need to do with the dog. You kind of know where the, right. the deer's been hit by that's all right. that. Right. And we we try to assess. And Briar always says, "Hey, where where do you think he's hit at?" While we're on the way, and he always says, "How big is it?" I don't ever ask that question because it don't matter to me. You know, right. well, you I'm going to track that, him. Yeah. If if it, if it's a doe, I'm going to feel like, man, I don't want to go track this deer. I know. But I don't every mass. But a lot of times, with it, if it is a doe. The time it is important is like what I had the other day when it's a kid's first deer. Right. Or oh yeah. Then everybody yeah. wants because kids excited. That's I, like I say. To... That's why I don't ask. It doesn't matter to me right. because yeah. it was important enough to you to shoot it. And it's important enough for us to find it. So all right, we'll, we'll... come back uh, when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues.
All right, so Bubba, we know this on the show. We've all been there. You and I have even been asked about it, and we've answered the question. Nobody likes spending money with companies that everything they got on their website, everything they put in their commercials seems to be things that you would not support. But then you're thinking to yourself, well, I mean, i got to have this service. Right. What am I going to do? Who, who am I going with? Well, the good news is this, Patriot Mobile. So th- in this category, if you're worried about who you're getting your cell service from, uh, you know, and you look at some of the major networks that are out there and some of the major players, you know, they got all this wokeness going on and all that, and you're like, I just wish there was some way not to be part of that. Well, there is. Uh, that that's why Patriot Mobile is there, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, nationwide coverage, the best 4G and 5G network, so you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to, you know, preserve our God-given rights and freedoms and and the things that you love. Now, right now they have a performance guarantee. You're going to love their values, you're gonna, but but they got to do a good job, right? Well, okay, they offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. So if you don't like them, you can go somewhere else and you can do that for free. But you're going to love them. Uh, they're 100% U.S.-based customer service team. Bubba, you, how many stories have you and I told them there about that? Yeah, a lot. About talking to people and you're like, oh, I can't I even communicate with you. 100% U.S.-based customer service team. Making switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba. That's patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba. Or call them. 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. So we're back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. We've got Brian Morris with us. we got a son, Briar, over there. Got just, Don't be yawning. <laughs> and uh, Briar's over there, and uh, they make a, a living going out, or at least supplement to their how they make a living, uh, by tracking deer for people with, with the gator, the, uh, the, the track dog. And we've been talking about some of the things that, that would be helpful you know that you don't end up in this situation, right. and uh, and some great stories that they got for us too. Uh, Brian, who are some of the people you've done tracking for? Can you say? Yeah, we've uh, Hank Junior. We've been to Hank Junior's place three go. times. Yeah, uh, Will Ainsworth. We tracked for his sons back the first of this year. Uh, yeah, we know Will. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, we, really good. We've we've hunted with him before. It. Yep. It's just funny because his sons uh, were so. So small when we saw them. It, for them to be out hunting now is kind of kind of weird. Uh, they were bow hunting too. It really, back in bow season. Oh, really? How old are they now? Twelve, maybe. Yeah, 12, yeah, yeah, something. Like, yeah. yeah. Last time we saw them, they were pulling up pansies out in front of the lodge. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, <laughs> when so what were, did Hank? Were you successful for Hank? One time we were. One well, time. It, it was his neighbor from Tennessee that we we found the deer for. He had backwhacked one. He hit one high himself. So. The backwhack. I love the terms <laughs> you've come up with. All these. Do you ever look at them? Back it's a backwhack. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can ter- we can tell that on the phone most of the times, can't we? <laughs> so so really, you, y'all are looking at each other and go backwhack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Well yeah, it's uh, it's interesting uh, when when you think about the different the resilience for the deer to live. Has always blown me away. I am completely shocked. I'm talking about even when they're hit good, how far they can go. <laughs> it's it's really amazing. The deer that's on the picture, uh-huh. the, the big deer by the pond. Uh huh. Yeah. So that deer, um, the guy that I tracked for his father shot that deer. He's from South Carolina. Yeah. And he shot that deer, and they called me. It was I don't know four or five hours later. And we put on the deer and 
gator tracked it three quarters of a mile yeah. around a it's Lowndes County, so there's mountains yeah, over I, there yeah, in familiar, southern familiar, Lowndes County. Yeah, to me, I live in Crenshaw County, and there's flat. There's no, there, <laughs> right, there's yeah. not a hill right, where yeah, I live at. Yeah. But over there, they, they tracked him. He tracked him around this mountain for three quarters of a mile, and almost through a food plot to a dead deer that had a shot through the bottom of the leg, and I, I reckon it got some kind of vitals in there, but it was dead at three quarters of a mile. Three quarters of three a quarters, mile. Three quarters, point uh, seven six miles. Wow. And, and 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 yeah, I'm always surprised by it. I, I'm, and I'm always thinking, well, it's just right here. And I'm talking about deer that were dead. I'm talking about deer that were still alive. How far they had gone. Yep. So when let, let's talk about dealing with bow hunters versus the rifle. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's a, bow hunters in general. Somebody that is a serious bow hunter. And people are going to take offense to this when I say it, but <laughs> that's all right. A, a bow hunter is generally the better hunter of the two, because I, I'm not a bow hunter, and I'm not going to spend that kind of time doing that kind of work because he's got to get the deer to within 20 yards. Yeah, to be he's able got to, to really it. be talented to, to be quiet and get in that close. I can go out and shoot my rifle three times mm-hmm. and be good for the year. Mm-hmm. Right. He's got to spend three months shooting his so that he knows he's right and mm-hmm. he, him working on it. You know, And the next best thing that comes out, he's spending tons of money oh, yeah. on his. And, and <clears throat> I can't do that. I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> we, we really quit hunting. I have briar steel hunts, but I, I, the only time I got in a tree stand this year was to sit with him two oh, yeah. or three different well, times. Well, to your point, I'm a rifle hunter too, and I don't bow hunt. I'm still hunting with the first rifle I ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't need to change it. I don't need no, anything. It, if it ain't broke, don't fix no, it. It, it does the job just yep. fine. And uh, but but do you do they even though they're the better hunters? I mean, we're still talking about a weapon. The that the, the room for errors is not with very the, big. With the broadheads and stuff of today, honestly, if you hit him anywhere close to where you're okay. supposed to, okay, it, it, he's going to be somewhere. Now, if you still, if you hit him high, our most common thing that we see with a bow is you hit him up at the back strap at a really steep angle because. Most bow hunters like to sit at forty feet in the air, right? Yeah, really. High. And they're going to shoot him within twenty five yards. That's a really steep angle. You've mm-hmm. hit him in the back strap. You've hit him on the offside shoulder, and you've got one lung, if anything. And a deer can live for the next ten years on one lung. Oh, wow. not going to kill him. But oh, so it's the down. It's yeah. the straight yeah. down angle. Yeah. Or you yeah. may yeah. not even hit a lung, depending on which way. You know, upper lung, or if you, if you hit him from the right side, I think it is. You're shooting over the top of the right lung and into his left offside shoulder, mm-hmm. and it's stuck in his shoulder, and you've got no vitals, you've got no exit wound. So with no exit wound, there's no blood because the entrance is so high that if it drips off the air, is the only place you're going to get it, and you're right. not going to get it there. Yeah. So when you were t- so you're saying they tend to be the better hunters, but there is a lot more room for error. There is. Yeah, but, but usually with the modern arrows, the broadheads. Right. If, if if you hit him pretty good, yeah, you got something with a three inch hole in it. Yeah, right. Both that, sides. Yeah, that's so what it, I was thinking. Huh. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can see it as soon as they get hit. It, that's right. It, it makes a pretty good that's trail. Right. Um, what, when you were talking about him getting a deer, talking about gator now, and you're, he's baying him by a body of water, is is that is that telling me that really the deer would prefer not to swim? 
Uh, it, the water's the last place he wants to be. Right, because we've been told that when they're injured, they go to water. They, is that true, or is, they, that, is that urban legend? 90% of them go to water. I will agree with that, okay. but it doesn't always happen. I, well, let me ask you this. People say that it don't climb hills. Yeah. Nah, that it, are, are they going to the either. water, or are they simply running downhill because it's an easier run? I, they really don't want to run downhill. So if you get in a... Like where I live is flat, like I said, so you don't right. really have any issues with that. Until we started tracking, we didn't see this, but we I, I have a Garmin that has a tracking collar on him, and it's got topo maps on it. Mm-hmm. So a deer wants to stay, from what I see, in on the topos. So once he, the first 300 yards, it's away from you. That's mm-hmm. where he wants to be, is away from you, whatever it takes. And then whenever he starts thinking, where can I go? He's going to stay on the topo, so he's not going uphill and he's not going downhill. He's going to walk along the side of this hill. Stay level. Stay level. Yeah. It, especially if he's got a leg injury or something like that, he's wanting to stay level and still get away. But they're going to go to water because they they may have to bed down. My thoughts are they may have to bed down for the next two weeks. He's got to have water. Okay. It has nothing to do with the injury. No. It has to no. do with what they think it may take to survive the injury. Uh, yeah, they're looking for survival at that point, and their natural instincts are going to take them to somewhere close to food and somewhere close to water. So he can survive without food for a while, but he can't make it without the water. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah. And the water is the last place he wants his body. He don't want to get in that water because he can't swim as well now right. because he's injured. Right, and he will get in there to defend himself because the dog can't do anything with him in there either. Right. So – He'll get in the water and just, he won't get three feet off the edge. He'll be two feet off the edge with his horns down at the dog, just sitting there looking at him. Well, that's what I was wondering, because I can understand how a dog can bay an animal that can get in a tree, because he thinks, you can't get me. He wants how to do fight, you bay though. a deer that can run? He wants to fight. He wants to fight. Okay. Now, you can't, I don't know that I've ever bayed a doe. Have we ever bayed a doe, Briar? We ran one. We ran a bunch of them. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know that I've ever bayed a doe, because she don't want to fight. Right. She just wants to escape. Now, that four or five-year-old buck, he's fisting to fight. Okay. And the one that's just going to get your dog hurt is that two-year-old buck that's really yeah, has, full of energy. Yeah. He has. He's, has. Has Gator ever been hurt? Has he been Oh, attacked? he's been rolled several times. Oh, really? Oh, really? Been, yeah, he's got scars all over him. I say scars. He's got scratch marks and missing hair all over him. So. Yeah. Rick had one that got yeah. rolled now, and stomped. Now, I did yeah. have a, a doe stomp my dog because she had a fawn. Right, and they were bedded down in, yep. behind our house, and it was fawn season. Yep. Now that's different because now she'll she'll try to use those hoofs to to beat that dog yep. and beat him down if she can. We had one bayed two or three weeks ago in a creek with both our dogs. So Gator's son Deuce, we've started taking him. And Deuce, Deuce is in the mix. Does he pick up on the training from Gator, he or does. does he have to have a natural talent well, to do that? He he. Follows along with Gator and trails mm-hmm. what Gator. Now, Deuce is liable to get off and run a doe over there because <laughs> he's eight months old. You right. know, he's not he's he not totally run. broke Not yet. as disciplined as Gator. He's, yeah, he's not as disciplined at all. Mm-hmm. But he, we got in there, and this deer was shot in the hams and had him in a creek, run him in a creek, and bait him. Gator was catching him, and Deuce got up there and started baiting him. Whenever I got up there to, to take him out, he turns around and turns on the dogs and goes to stomping, like you mm-hmm. said. And yeah. Briar's got that on video. He, he's just he would rear up and just stomp at the dogs and back the dogs off of him till yeah. he got him down. Yeah, and those hoofs, you oh, don't yeah. want to take. That's yeah. a lot of weight yeah. coming down yeah. on top of you. And in three foot of water. Yeah, I will right, well, come back and and I'm going to ask you some tips that you can give people, you know, right. that may not have access to Gator. You know, they're 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 saying, well, that's I don't I don't have anything. What what are we mentioned? One of the mistakes people make. 
But give some pointers on if you are looking for a deer and you don't have access to right. y'all, what are some things that, that help you have a higher probability of finding it? And we'll do that as we wrap up uh, and come back on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Jason Whitlock. You know, he's, he's, he's our brethren here on Blaze TV. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you turn on the news right now, you, you open up social media these days, one thing is becoming blatantly obvious, and we talk about this on the show all the time. We've got to themanchurch.com with the strategy try, strategy try to help this too. So we saw this as well, and it's because it's so obvious, and that's that we need godly men. You know, God-fearing men right now is something – that this world desperately needs. So Jason Whitlock was inspired to organize Fearless Army Roll Call. It's an all-day event. It's to encourage men to put on the full armor of God, and you can participate in this and take a stand against the evil forces that are destroying our culture. Now, at this conference, you'll be hearing some great uh, speeches for some great speakers, and, and, and Jason and several other guests will be talking to you, inspiring you to be a better husband, a better father, a better witness for Christ. Roll Call is going to inspire, uplift, and entertain. Now, if you want to join hundreds of men in Nashville, Tennessee, it will be on April the 15th, so get that on your calendar. It's a very important conference. Tickets will likely sell out, so go ahead and secure yours today by going to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Put all that together. FearlessArmyRollCall.com. Again, that's FearlessArmyRollCall.com to reserve your spot today. So we're wrapping up this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. And uh, we've had a blast with Brian Morris and his son, Briar. And they track deer uh, with their dog, Gator, and I guess soon Deuce when he gets ready to go. So if you're on the scene, I, I'm good because I know you and Gator, y'all going to find it, and Briar's going to get in the mix. He's going to video it. But but let's say I don't have access to you, Briar, Gator, or anyone like y'all. If I just would like to minimize you know, the losing a deer that has been shot, we mentioned one, stay put, right? That's, right. that's lesson one. Yep. Don't get up as soon as you've shot and start – Tromping off time, into where you think it went. Time is on your side. Yeah. <laughs> what are some things, just the way they behave, if I'm I'm leaving a food plot, I know the direction the deer went, because that's number one, make note right. of the direction, right? And is, is, is the deer likely to have just bolted straight away from me? Did, are they, they, you talked about they, they like to tend to what they, do they tend to double back? What happens? It's straight lines. So... When we get done, you can look at our Garmin pretty much every time, okay. and the deer is going to run a straight line unless there's a mountain in front of him. Right. Until he gets to a stream, a creek, large creeks, like I say, he don't want to go across it. But in the first two to 300 yards, he's probably going to cross it mm-hmm. to get away from you if he don't turn down it. Everybody's like, well, I can't find the blood on the other side of the creek. That's probably because he didn't cross it. He turned and went down beside it because he's too injured to go across it or he don't really want to get away from it. Unless you're pushing him, if you run him off, but yeah, it's it's deer are going injured. Deer are going to run straight lines or common trails, and you know if you can't find blood and you don't have us, then I would get on a deer trail and go to looking, uh, you know, an interstate deer trail as we would call it. Yeah, you know, something major. Brian, what what kind of cost are we talking about for your service? Uh, we don't really have a we don't have a price a set rate. We do it off of just tips. You know, really, whatever you give us is 
whatever. We don't do it for the money. It's it's entertaining. That's a lot of fun. But and, and I know we're going to get email. Uh, do you sell gator puppies anywhere? <laughs> I, I know. I know our listeners. You got I know gonna be. I, I get all kinds of questions. I yes, we have bred gator a couple of times. No, we don't sell puppies. Okay, but you have. But where deuce come from? Yes, as, as, <laughs> right. there are some gator keep, puppies out there. Yeah. We keep them. Yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, right. So you you want to build an army right. of gators? We're working on. Yeah, we're working on a bloodline. We're trying to yeah. create something. Are you taking with him? And when you think about the females, what what are you looking for in a female for him? Uh, something cold nose, something tree and walker breed. Okay. Um, it. I had a a guy there in Brantley that hunts. A, a friend of ours <laughs> told me he said every dog's got the same nose. Is what's between their ears? Okay, yeah. that yeah. sorts it all out. Okay, for you. okay. Yeah, Brian, so. I was looking at some of the videos on your Facebook site, and you've got some really cool drone footage. Yeah. that looks like it's shot with thermal. Yeah, uh, not everybody has thermal on their drone. Yeah. that's pretty cool stuff. That guy's he does recovery also. So we met on a track, and the the hunter had called me the day before, and there was a lot of rain and. He ended up calling me and the drone. The drone ran it, found the deer, watched him run away. And me and him were sitting there talking. And like, you know, what do you want to do now? He said, I've got 45 minutes of battery left on my drone. I said, well, I would love to have a video of Gator working. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. We started Gator on the track, and he videoed the whole thing with the drone. And then he came back. Actually, we were trying to get a recovery on drone with the the video, the thermal video yeah. of it. But it the second time he came, it didn't work out either. The deer was still alive. and leg shot and run off so yeah do you find some really cool videos do do you find that and we'll put all that uh when uh, where people can find where to to go there i'll ask you about it we're about to wrap up you can tell us but do you find that most of the deer y'all are tracking are still alive or are most of them already down and you find the deer still let's see we recovered 111 this year and i didn't keep count this year that's a pretty good number Mm -hmm. there was over 60 i know I'm gonna have to go back through because people keep asking me that same question. Oh, how many were? Yeah. How many did we right. bay? There was over sixty that we had to bay. Okay. And we went on two hundred and forty-two or two hundred and forty-three <clears throat> trips. So yeah, most most every deer we see is alive. The whole month of January, I think I found four dead deer. Everything so they were was, all alive. Yeah, everything yeah. was alive. Do you uh, do you take care of that? Yes. Okay, because they want the deer. So I, oh, the, yeah. the hunter's yeah. not with you oh. the whole time trying to wait on you to to bay. No. no. So if, if you they tell you when they bring you in, bring the deer back. When I don't bring, I don't drag deer. Well, I mean, <laughs> get, get the deer down. Yeah, get the deer down. Yeah, get the deer down. Yeah, that's a better so, word. That's so a better phrase. When I come into your woods, I take over. Right. My gun, my dog. You leave yours in the truck. Right, because you don't want anybody. Safety is now an issue. Right. Yeah. Safety of gator. Safety of me is an issue. That's why we wear bright orange everywhere. Oh we yeah. Go. I we're suited up in bright orange. Yeah, Gator's got a vest. If you didn't want us to take over, you shouldn't have called us. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's so smart. It's, it's my world once we get there. And I just, I carry a pistol on my side and we do everything we got to do within reason. Now, if we if we get to a point where we decide that, hey, what we're doing right here is not ethical and trying to chase this deer down, he's going to live. There you go. We got to pull off. Yeah. Uh, we won't continue to pursue something. A gator, he will stop once he determines. And it, he will if he can't bay the deer within three to four hundred yards. Most of the time, the deer is changing scent by then. Okay, and he will come back to us. 
and stop. So if Gator comes back, it's over. It's over. When yeah, Gator yeah. shows back up, dude, and, and I'm watching Hunt's the done. Yep. Yeah, the hunt's done. Yeah. Gator's not – he's not <laughs> smelling that wax no, anymore. No. Somebody's heart's broken at that point. You know? yeah. I know, and you've probably had to see oh, yeah. a couple of yeah. broken oh, hearts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then there's the elation. You got those where everybody's fired up and loving it. We got a really good friend that we've made through this, um, the Ivies. They're from Orange Beach. They used to hunt in Lowndes County. Now they hunt over in Union Springs area. And Briar gets to go hunting with them pretty regular. But uh, when I met them, I pulled up. There's a little girl sitting on the front steps. She was crying when I pulled up. Well, you know, you think that well, she's probably in trouble for something. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it's her deer that we're tracking. Oh, wow. Well, no. uh, it was the very first deer that Gator had ever bayed. So we put on it, and a mile later, they had like 4,000 acres or 5,000 acres night. of land right there. Yeah. We got it bayed in a mile down by a creek, got it down, and it was a fiasco of getting back to them because we yeah. were on foot with right. a flashlight. You know? Wow. And when we finally got, they finally got over there to us because we just yelled and walked and yelled and walked, and they finally found us and no phone service where we were. And when we got back, when she got to where she was, could see the deer, she was crying again. So yeah, that's see that. so you got to see uh, that. Yeah, you get the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And that's, at that point, you're hooked. Yep. Well, thanks for taking time to be with us. Brian Morrison, I um, mean, Brian Morris, I'm sorry, uh, South Alabama Deer Tracking Service, and we'll get all of his information there that you can access if you'll look at the link that uh, that gets you the, the podcast. Brian, good to see you too. And y'all tell Gator that we said hello. And thanks to all of you for joining us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.